are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now today we're going to finish up on our teaching on how to avoid tragedy in your life or in the lives of individuals. It's formerly from our book called Why Tragedy Happens to Christians. I'd like to relate a story to you that happened a few years ago that's kind of humorous. My nephew was coming down to deer camp when we were deer hunting one night and he came down there. He got there kind of late and I asked him, I said, what happened to you? Well, he said I was driving down the road listening to your tapes. And he said, I missed a curve and run off in the ditch. And we talked around there a little bit. And after a while, I asked him, I said, well, what tape series were you listening to? He said, why tragedy happens to Christians. (laughs) So even though he was listening to the tapes, he wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. I want us to talk today. We're going to talk about chapter number nine, strife, an open door to Satan. Now, there's probably more Christians that fall into this pitfall than any other. And I'll tell you, it's quite easy to do because it's easy to get in strife nowadays. (laughs) Even when you're teaching the Word of God, you've got people that are just blaspheming the Word and the name of Jesus and everything else. It makes you want to crack their head open sometimes. But we have to do, as the Apostle Paul says... We must in meekness instruct those that oppose themselves. Now let's read from the passage of Scripture in James, the third chapter. and sets the stage for what we're going to talk about here because I'm sure that none of you have ever gotten into strife in the last ten minutes, that is. But let's read from James, the third chapter in verse 16. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Well, I think it would be good if we back up a few scriptures here and get some of the context of what he's saying. Let's start with verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. But if he have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace." Now, verse 16, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but James was not just filling in pages in the Bible when he said that. Now, what we need to realize is that God has laid down some rules and some regulations. This is the manufacturer's handbook. This is a book to live by. We can't just go through life and make up our own rules as we go and expect to operate in the wisdom of God. If we're praying for the wisdom of God and we're in envy and strife with someone, the Word says there is confusion and every evil work. So it's not a matter of whether we 
want to do it or whether we don't want to do it. It's a matter of making a decision to do what the Word says to do. Now, it's not that way just because James said it, but it was that way. That's the reason James said that to you. Because he knew that where there was envy and strife, there would be confusion in every evil work. It invites confusion. It invites the work of the enemy. And if you're going to operate in the wisdom of God and the mind and direction of the Holy Spirit, then we're going to have to stay out of strife and stay away from confusion. Because that's exactly what it brings. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2 and let's read from verse 10 down through verse 14. Well, let's start verse 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now, you couldn't get any more plain than that. This is self-explanatory in the fact that when you walk in darkness, you don't see what you're stumbling over. And when we walk with hatred in our heart, when we walk in strife, and walk out of the will of God, not walking in the love of God, then he says you're walking in darkness, and because darkness has blinded your eyes, and you know very well that if you get up in the nighttime, and your house even, Start through the house after dark, you're liable to stump your toe on a chair. And I'm sure some of you have done that. The reason was because you couldn't see where you were going. You were operating in darkness. Now that's the reason that many people in life have troubles, problems, catastrophe, calamity, tragedies happen because they walk in darkness. Now I'm talking about Christians as well. Now, certainly it ought not be so concerning Christians. But you see, it is so. And that's what invites tragedy in the lives of many people. And then because something bad happened in their life, someone always says, well, you know what the Bible says. All things work together for good. Fooey. <laughs> someone said three Chinese cheers for that. Fooey, fooey, fooey. Well, no, all things don't work together for good. That wasn't working together for good because tragedy happened in that individual's life. It could have been because they didn't walk in love, because they knew the Word of God but didn't operate in it, and they opened the door to the devil. They gave the devil foothold in the door. And you know, the Apostle Paul says, give no place to the devil. Well, if Paul took the time and the effort to write and say, don't give any place to the devil, then you must be able to give place to the devil or he wouldn't have said it in the first place. So if we're going to walk in darkness, we're going to stumble and we're going to have problems and we're going to have troubles in life. So let's make a decision. You see, it takes a quality decision to do what the Word of God said to do. Now let's come on over to the fifth chapter of First John and from verse 4, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Now here he tells you that if you're born again, you have the ability in you to overcome the world. Faith that comes by the Word of God is capable of making you a world overcomer. You can overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil by operating in the authority of the Word of God. 
But you see, we've got to make a decision to do what the Word says to do and to walk in the light of what the Word tells us. I think sometimes people just make up their own rules as they go, then they'll plead ignorance before God. (laughs) But you see, ignorance is no excuse. We need to know what God says. He's given us His Word. And when God gave us His Word, then we're responsible for entering into that Word and obtaining from the Word of God the information, the ability that is in that Word to cause the manifestation of the promise. See, God's made provisions for us in this life. I think we've misunderstood the scripture over there in Romans, the 12th chapter, where Paul makes this statement that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For I say, through the grace of God given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now notice he says God has dealt to every man the measure. Now he's talking about every man among you, of course, those from the Roman church. So they were born again people. But now let's look at this for a minute. He says God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now I've heard it preached and I may have even preached it that way myself in times past. But as I studied this, I saw something in this that I hadn't seen. And that is that he has dealt to every man the measure of faith, which does not mean that we have all the faith that there is. Now, I've heard some people say that, and I can understand why they said that, because when we were born again, why we did have faith from the Word of God. But here he is saying the measure. Now, what is the measure? Now, first of all, let's ask it this way. How do you measure faith? Do you measure it in quarts? Do you measure it in pounds? (laughs) Do you have a ton of faith? Or do you have a bushel of faith? How can you measure faith? The only way that you can measure faith is to find out how much of the Word that an individual has in them. Now here's my reasoning and here's the scripture for it. Paul says concerning the Word of God and faith in God, he says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. So God's Word is filled with faith. Now, if there wasn't any faith in this Word, you couldn't get any faith by hearing it. But because the Word is filled with faith, then we get faith or gain faith when we confess and speak the Word of God. It gets inside you. So then to measure the amount of faith that's in an individual, you'd have to know how much Word is in that individual. That's the only way you could measure the faith. You can't see faith. You can't measure faith any other way. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you that all of this week, our CD offer is CD offer number 7114, entitled Unforgiveness, A Thief of Faith. It's a single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. Unforgiveness, A Thief of faith. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you know, I'd like to forgive them, but I just can't. God knows I can't forgive them. Well, now the scripture says you can have what you say if you believe and doubt not in your heart. How long you've been saying that? Well, some folks have been saying that for 40 years now. So it worked real good, didn't it? In Mark eleven twenty five, Jesus said, if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses. 
So regardless of whether you want to or you don't want to, you have to make a decision to forgive, and it can be a thief of your faith and even a thief of your life. In the fifth chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul said, Deliver a man unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, this was reported that there was fornication among them, and fornication is not so much named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. So he said, deliver him to Satan. In other words, let him get the results of his sin. Don't pray protection over him and him walking in known sin. Let him feel it. But then Paul wrote back to the Corinthian church in Second Corinthians. Evidently, the man had repented. And he says, But if any have grief, it hath not grieved me, but in this part that I may overcharge you. Sufficient to such a man is the punishment which was inflicted of many. So that counterwise you ought rather to forgive him. In other words, he said, Now it's time to forgive him. He's repented. Now forgive him. Verse 11 says, Lest Satan should get the advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. In other words, if you don't forgive people, then Satan gets advantage of you. That's offer number 7114, entitled Unforgiveness, a Thief of Faith. It's a single CD for $8, plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, one 396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.